new fintech making a lot of waves in the payment space. It's called Patron. The company's mission is to provide small businesses with an easier way to process payments. Patron has just completed a capital raise and it's really taken off in Australia since its launch in market a few months ago. Its co-founder is Francois Henrion, and he's my guest today on the Unicorns podcast. Francois, welcome to the program. Morning, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. Francois, let's get started. Um, tell us about how Patron began. Well, maybe before I do that, Justin, I just want to thank you for, for what you are doing in this space in particular. Um, I think the biggest challenge faced by fintechs is building a brand reputation and trust, especially when you're working with other people's money. So, so kudos for you on that. Oh, my, my, my pleasure. Awesome. So how, so how did it all get going? Yeah, it's, it's a funny story, actually. Um, I've only been in Australia for about 18 months now, having moved from Johannesburg in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And um, I've historically worked in financial services, uh, banks mostly for the last 20 years. And when I came over, I was still transitioning out of my role with a bank called Standard Bank, which was the, the biggest bank in the African continent. And mm -hmm. I found myself in a position of trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And you know, when you have a blank canvas, it's actually the hardest decision that you ever have to make because nobody's actually pushing in a particular direction. Yeah. Um, my co-founder, Jakub Felsman, has also just ended his, um, his a fairly long stint with an entity called Epoch Capital, which is a proprietary trading house. And a very same challenge that, that I had, and we were introduced by a mutual friend. And um, we just had a, we had a great chat. And within five minutes, the mutual friend left the coffee that, that he'd organized for us and says, well, I clearly have nothing in, in common with you guys. I'm going to go. I'm not, I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's a strange story that people don't believe. But, but on that spot, Yaku and I just decided, listen, we're going to do something together. Not exactly sure what, but the two of us can pull something off. And it, that was the start of the journey. Um, and when was that? What, what year was that? That is March 2020, so smack in the middle of, of COVID. Oh, yeah, that's like COVID central. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But very, I mean, it's, it, it is perfect timing in a way for us. Um, the broader narrative that we had, given our experience, was to build a treasury management business. Mm. And this is something that you can't really lead to market with. It's, it's a fairly complex topic, but people often think, well, that's what you know, New South Wales government does, is treasury. And when we got to deal with some of the small businesses um, firsthand through, through a, a very different opportunity that came across our, our paths, because we noticed how hard it was for small businesses to particularly manage risk and also to access automation, something that we've been very used to in large institutions. Now, that could have been because of very expensive systems or lots of people being thrown at the problem. And this is not a novelty that small businesses have. So we said, hang on a sec, that's not how it's supposed to work. Let's use our institutional knowledge and make that available through the use of technology to the SME market in Australia. Okay, so how? Um, okay, so it's a the idea is born. What did you do then? How did you go about setting up the business and and getting started? We we consulted for a bit, uh, which was part mm -hmm. of a fundraising exercise. So so Yuck and I funded the the venture for approximately six months. Yeah. And, um, and that's the actual build of the product. But in that consulting role, it was a valid product, a validation of our, of our product and a, and a product market fit exercise for us. A benefit that we have, because oftentimes you, you go out and you build a product and then you try and get early customers to validate. And we were doing that, you know, through a manual process and observation, really seeing what those, what those challenges are for, for the clients. 
So what is it that you guys say Patreon does? What, how does it work? It depends on the audience that we speak to. Um, but if, if it's an elevator pitch, then we, we are a treasury management solution. So we help small businesses manage their cash flow. And if you think about that's that's typically the biggest problem that, that is faced by the SME market is small business owners that have cash flow challenges. Now, those cash flow challenges could range from moving the money from Australia in within Australia, moving it out of Australia, or if they're an exporter, getting paid from across the world back into Australia. Now, in just describing it like that, it may sound like a lot of the competitors that are out there, but we take it a step further. We automate all the peripheral services that normally go with cash flow management. So it includes not only the, the foreign exchange conversion, any FX risk management, some operational efficiencies. For example, we will auto-populate any bills that you have or any invoices. So you're not tasked with typing in the details yourself. We take mm -hmm. all of that burden out of you. We take the, the risk of making mistakes away from you. And further to that, at the moment, if you're a zero customer, we'll reach into zero and do all the accounting for you. So you can see in building the proposition from day one, we have sold the entire customer value proposition from the invoice to payment Australia or internationally, all the way into your accounting system. How did the partnership with Zero come about? Uh, probably quite incidental. Um, we we used Zero, um, loved loved the product. Um, it was it was you know I'm a chartered accountant by by nature, but unfortunately I haven't done a lot of accounting work in in my years. I spent most of it on the trading floor, mm. but it was it was intuitive. You know, it was it was really easy to understand, and we started I started doing our own books on Zero. And then we, you know, started playing around with it, being being techies, and I, and I think that's you know just to take a slight um, detour on this is that a, a part of our success is that you know with the combined experience that, that Jack and I have, plus an, a really really amazing team, is we're a true fintech. We have financial services experience and yep. we have tech experience, and the combination of that is is a true fintech. Where oftentimes people either have great tech or great financial services, but not both of it. So having this inquisitive mindset within the context of Xero, um, we, we realized that they have APIs and we started playing around with that. And um, to date, internally, Xero is the standard of, of what a good API should look like. Um, we, we demoed our proposition to Xero after having you know, signed up the various agreements that, that we have with them. And they were, they were super impressed. They were like, how did you guys do this? We just said, well, we, we actually <laughs> we just, <don't> know. <laughs> we just used your technology. You know, it, it was, we used it in the, in the way that it was meant to be used. And, um, and we were actually the first Australian company to have done the type of integration that we have with Xero. Mm. Now, a, a lot of businesses out there do um, claim integration, so they will give a bank feed, but the business owner or the accountant still has to go in and do a reconciliation at the end of the day. We control all aspects of the workflow of a particular payment within Xero. So both sides of it, the debit and the credit. So once a transaction has taken place, we auto reconcile that in real time. So if you're using Patreon, you almost don't have to, well, you don't have to log into Xero. The accounting is taken care of automatically. You made um, a little uh, brief mention before of um, other players in the market. Who would you say are your competitors? We, we don't uh, we don't have competitors um, okay. in, internationally we we may have um, but those are typically large treasury management solutions um, this is why our investors are so excited 
So we, and I'm going to detour slightly again here, um, we, we have not had any challenges in, in raising capital. So we are super, super fortunate um, in that regard, very, very lucky. And, and most of this has been investors finding us both locally and internationally. And it's because this space, this problem that we're solving has not been solved. So in, in the local context, um, you know, people will, they'll see a component of our offering and they say, oh, but you do, you know, TransferWise does this or Airwallex yeah. does this or OFX does that. It's like, yeah, sure, we do a component of that. But all of these value propositions have been evolution of our, of our competitors, have really been an evolution of um, services that, that banks used to offer mm-hmm. and that these guys are built on top of the banks, but in silos. So some fintechs have solved the KYC problem very well. So anti-money laundering and, and compliance. Some have sold payments really well. Some have sold foreign currency very well. We have taken all of those and bundled them together to create a unique customer experience. So that's why we think we don't have a competitor is nobody offers the end-to-end customer value proposition that we do. How did you go about building the technology? Technology, um, we su- were super, super proud of. Um, that was really, you know, I would say spearheaded by, by Yaku. He's got, he's not a technologist by heart. Um, he's, he's also in the financial services space, um, also CF, CFA qualified like myself, but he's just got this passion for technology. And um, we, we had ideas. Um, we're also very fortunate to be co-located in, in Stone and Chalk at the moment. Um, yeah. we, we've, we've got our own dedicated office where our team of, of, of 13 sit. And it has been a great sounding board for us in testing our theories in terms of what technology we, we wanted to use. So you're like bounce, the, bouncing around ideas from some of the other um, companies in there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with huge mm-hmm. amount of transparency. And, and they actually, That's pretty cool. They helped us to pivot. Um, we were going to go down a completely wrong path that would have cost us a lot of money and time. Yes. Um, and what and, happened? Uh, someone someone in another business said, hey, guys, what are you doing? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Given what you want to do and given the scale that you want to achieve, do this. So we ended up building everything on, on AWS serverless. Um, it's quite an interesting tech use, using Lambdas. Um, all, of, all of our apps spin up as they are required. Um, so, so there's actually no server behind this. And this means that we're infinitely scalable. We can serve a million customers tomorrow. There's there's no issues with us from a tech perspective to change any of the infrastructure. So okay, so you've got a product, um, you've bootstrapped it. How did you go about um, scaling and, and um, tell us about the journey to get some some fresh capital into the business? Yeah, so the, the we're fortunate enough to be able to bootstrap it, get to a product to an MVP. Um, although MVP in financial services isn't quite an you know. A normal business MVP, where you get to build something on a, on a PowerPoint or, or an Excel spreadsheet and hack it in the background. You are working with, with other people's money, so it has to be a, a robust product from day one. So we outsourced our development, um, not wanting to hire anybody, and you know, obviously put their careers at risk with with our not that deep pockets. <laughs> so we um, we then went out to the market. We we found a couple of um, really strategic angel investors, and you know, they were key to giving us the confidence that we needed to start talking to, to venture capital funds. Uh, a big catalyst for, for uh, the investments that followed was our offshore investor, uh, Pickers Capital. Yes. Um, they were a German-based uh, VC German. that found, yep. found us, yep, based in Munich. And again, you know, for them, it was this attractive space. They, they really like what's happening in Australia at the moment, which is, which is you know... So they found you. Important. 
they found us. To this date, we're not exactly sure how. We, we think it's off of Crunchbase. They found us, set us in a tractor space. Let's go and find the founders that can deliver into this opportunity. Wow. They, they approached us and um, it was a matter of just probably just over a week with, you know, successive phone calls day after day. Mm. And they were in. We didn't send a pitch deck. They love the story. And, wow, um, that, I mean, that doesn't happen very often, does it? Really? It doesn't. No. It doesn't. Very um, lucky. Wow. We got to the point then, uh, we, we got Cothona Capital on board. They were super excited mm -hmm. about the opportunity. A great bunch of guys. Um, they have recently taken, in, in, our, in our most recent round, they've taken the lead investor role. Yes. And we're super excited to take on this, this journey with them. But the, the hardest part of this, of this whole thing, to be honest, has been managing uh, investor investor relationships and, and I'm not speaking about the existing investors it's the the um, the interest from external investors oh what fresh punters wanting to come in exactly exactly we have so we have had so much interest of people wanting to get in and Francois and, that's a good problem to have it's a really nice problem to have yes. it's, not, it's not nice saying no to people you know so you want to say yes to everybody um, but look at we've been very very strategic in who we bring on board investors uh, we don't just take money we, we, we need people that ha that can help us in very, very strategic areas, you know, be that IE strategy, be it opening doors, be it distribution, be it future capital raising. And we think we've done a, a fairly okay job of that. And so what was the quantum of funds that you ended up um, raising as, as part of that um, first injection of capital? We, we, we raised all our funding under a current seed round. Um, it's, it's been bundled together as seed, but we did split it up into two. Um, the initial one was was 1.35 million, which is a million from VCs and 350 to to our strategic angels, and then we just closed around, uh, I would say a few weeks ago, where we raised an additional three million. Yes. Um, we had quite a nice uptick in our valuation. We went from a post money of five to post money of eighteen. So super super shocked mm. with that with that progress. Mm. All of our existing investors followed through. Um, again, huge amount of appetite from other guys to get involved. And at this stage, um, we kept the round closed um, because we've got more than enough support from our current investors. And that'll give you a, a, a nice runway for a period of time, depending on how quickly you are planning to grow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'd say that's, that's one of the things that gives us comfort is that the investor, the, our incentives are aligned within the patron ecosystem, ranging from us as founders our family, our staff, and our investors. We're going to go big or we're going to go home, and home is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> so who are your customers? Who are some of the people you can tell us about who, uh, who you're working with? Well, well I, always I always love to tell the story of our first customer, um, which is, is Boulevard. Um, Boulevard is a share registry um, platform for, for entities that have unlisted stock. Mm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really good platform, especially in the secondary market where guys are trying to offload some of their um, illiquid shares. So the guys have done great work there and they used to sit behind us. And again, this you know, standing chalk ecosystem has been so good to us in, in us being able to use all of our you know, friendlies, all of these other companies to be our first customers. So Boulevard, first customer, still existing customer, love the relationship with them and um, yeah, always sing their praises. So in terms of your growth, Francois, um, you've only really been in market um, actively for 
you know, a few a few months now, and I know the the growth has been incredible. Are you working with companies overseas, or is it or is it just for the moment just in Australia? It's it's just well, I, I just wanted to say Australia, but we do have two clients offshore. Okay, um, we are regulated under under ASIC. We've got our own APSL, and you know, so so we are able to make payments, hold people's money, do foreign exchange, but also importantly. There's no restriction on us onboarding clients in other jurisdictions. Um, those entities would be facing an Australian entity, and this is where, where all of their global cash resides. We do have scaling plans, um, which effectively if that client base starts building up, those people would want to operate in a regulatory environment that if for whatever reason they needed to go to regulate, they don't want to come to ASIC, they want to go to their local regulator, and that would push us to actually get regulated in that country. Some of the countries top of mind is you know, New Zealand is a no-brainer to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore is extremely appealing to us at the moment. UK, again, just from a you know a, almost a regulatory reciprocity that we have with them and ease of doing business is is a next no brainer and, and no language barriers. And then um, the one that we're probably most excited about is the US. Um, the US payment system is extremely extremely outdated and efficient. You know that often happens with with early adopters. You know they were the first guys to implement the call it tech, what you would have called tech in that day. But then you're also the first one to, you know, you would be the oldest platform and it takes a long time to adopt to do new technology. I mean, an interesting fact is that 61% of payments uh, is still made by by check. So that market really? is so, so ripe for disruption. I mean, there's Who one- Who uses checks these days? The, the, well, I, I personally, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I, I don't think I've ever written a check. Um, but there's one, there's one unicorn in in America doing phenomenally well. Um, they, their technology, one of the, the services they offer is they receive a digital message. They send it to a printer, print out a check, and email it. <laughs> Sorry, and, and, and post it, post it. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a fintech. Wow. Okay, so before Patron, um, how is it that um, small businesses are doing were doing their jobs? Yeah, look, nothing that we've that we've built is new, right? We haven't invented something; we've mm-hmm. just improved the customer experience. So, if I take you through our ideal customer at, yeah. at the moment, and this obviously will change over time, is an importer that uses zero. Right. Mm. So his traditional experience at the moment is to, you know, first thing he has to do is is make an international payment. Doing that is he may or may not go through his bank, you know, depending on the competitiveness of the rate that he can get. Sometimes banks are super efficient, depending on the size that you are. Sometimes if you're smaller, then they may not be that efficient. So there are there are the other FX providers out there. So he's logging into that system and he's doing a foreign exchange transaction. You know, and we always say nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to do Forex, right? Somebody just wants payments and that's all he wants to do, right? The, the FX must be embedded. Anyways, he's logged into that one system. Now he has to make a payment with this foreign exchange that's settled probably two days from now. So it's not linked to the actual payment. He's also not sure, you know, what, what the actual FX amount was and, and how it relates to the specific invoice that needs to pay because there's maybe multiple FX amounts floating around and multiple invoices. He's also, you know, doing all of this himself. So mm-hmm. there's no there's no segregation of duties. So the, there's a high degree of fraud potentially involved with one person having access to all of the funds. Once he's once he's done that, now he has to go and log into his local bank to pay his staff, to pay salaries in Aussie dollars. He has to pay all of his Aussie suppliers by another system. 
then he has to go into his accounting system and look at all of these bank fees coming in and trying to remember what all of these were for and trying to allocate them to various accounts. We've taken that whole journey into a single platform. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. And how do you um, how do you charge your customers? Is it a yearly subscription? What's the what, what are the commercials? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. Um, at the moment, that the platform is is free. Uh-huh. We we're okay. going to be. In, it's just because you know we're still in that launch phase. Yeah, um, it's a mature product, but we're still trying to get the brand out there and, and build yeah. trust with the community. We still be soon be introducing a subscription service, um, starting at, at twenty dollars. Yeah, that price will probably never be seen again. But the guys that that are joining early, they're probably going to get that for a lifetime. You know, just for buying <laughs> yes. their loyalty. And then after that, will be a function of you know the size of the business, how many payments you're making, what type of volume you're pushing through, and the features that that that, you, that we're going to be adding to the platform. The, the other service that we offer is for customers to receive funds from uh, from offshore, and in particular jurisdictions like the USA, UK, and Euro, we will give our users a dedicated account in their name, so that when they get paid, the person making the payment is making a local payment. Is not making an international payment like they currently do to Australia, which is which is time consuming. It takes long to get there and it's expensive. Now to get that premium service with your your company name on that account and your unique dedicated de- details, that will be a premium service. Mm. As a basic service, you can still receive money, but you're going to be depositing it into a patron account with our bank account details with a reference. So it's still doable. It's just not as as efficient as the premium service. That's the one side of the proposition is receiving this annuity income in the form of subscriptions. Yes. Um, the other side of it, we, we, we take a turn on or what they call a margin on the FX conversion as well. Now, this is where, where most people fall in a big, big bear trap is if you walk to the, to the guy on the street, the average person, you say, how much does it cost you to do a conversion? 99% of people would no say- No one will know. Nothing. Because there is no- transaction that comes through in your statement that you receive from your provider that says FX cost. Yeah. What happens is that there's something called an interbank rate, effectively where banks trade with each other. That's the best you can get. But then the FX provider will add a spread on top of that. And that's the rate that you get. Now, if you look at your coffee in the morning, you know that your coffee is $4 from your local coffee shop. Tomorrow it will be $4. When it goes to $5, you're like, hang on a sec, there's something wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> the FX providers yeah. use the, the change in the FX rate to their advantage because the, the FX rate is never standing still. So you never have a price point to compare to, to what the price should be. So mm. that FX charge is hidden. What we do at Patreon is we all about transparency. We disclose to the client what the interbank rate is what our margin is, which is basically starts at 50 basis points, it's half a percent. If you go with the wrong provider, you can pay as much as 5%. And you know, for most companies that has a, you know, they're, they're targeting a GP uh, gross profit of, of 10%, that's 50% of your margin gone just in the FX conversion. So mm. we are, we're very cheap on the FX rate. So is your um, technology replacing any traditional worker as such, like the the accountant, the bookkeeper, um, anyone? It's not replacing work, but it is freeing up extremely, extremely valuable time. Okay, and tell me especially, more. Especially in Sydney, where, where salaries are expensive. 
for relatively mandate, mundane tasks. So a big target market for us is what we, we call them influencers, we call them amplifiers, we call them trusted advisors, is the bookkeeping audience, accountants. Yes. And the value proposition for them is twofold. One is, and I hope I don't offend anybody with this, but accounting is a, is a fairly mundane, standardized process. Mm. That's why accountants and bookkeepers are often giving you additional service as trusted advisors. And that's how the clients see them. They don't see them as bookkeepers. They see them as trusted advisors. So what excites the bookkeepers is offering our platform to their clients because it's a best of breed technology for them that helps the clients save time and money. That's the one component. The other component is the bookkeepers themselves end up using the platform because we've set up the platform in such a way that we have full segregation of duties where the accountants can perform a separate, a specific function. They can load the bill, for example, and they can still get the client to approve the bill. So they play a critical role in that process, but in doing so, they're freeing up those really expensive resources in the bookkeeping firm to not lose their jobs, but to focus on more value added, um, Intelligence um, metrics around the business, yeah. Yeah. Or take on more clients, yeah. So do you think there are, uh, I mean, how many small businesses are there in Australia? There are countless. Um, Do you think there um, are small businesses um, set in their ways just not knowing that there is a technology solution available to them that could make their lives a hell of a lot easier every month? Justin, you've nailed it on the head that this is our biggest nightmare. <laughs> this is the, the problem that we're trying to solve. You know, it's, we're, we're, selling, we're selling an iPad to somebody that doesn't need an iPad mm. until they have one and then they can't go without it. And, you know, you and I both know Australia is, is a market of small businesses. Um, you know, just looking at the zero client base, they've got 900,000 customers in Australia alone. They've got, I think, 60% of the market share. So you can start extrapolating out from that. There are millions of small businesses. And, you know, I, I used to sell derivatives, you know, for a bank. And, you know, you often challenge what is the meaning of these numbers that I'm moving around? You know, what is the, what is the value I'm adding to the broader ecosystem? Mm-hmm. But with Patron, and I can hand on heart say that, I'm, you know, there's no snake oil salesman involved here. We are going to improve businesses' lives on a day-to-day basis. And that's why we can sell with such confidence when we see business owners. So if someone's listening to this, Francois, and they, they're keen to know more, like what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it, is it via the, the website or how, how does it work? Yeah, we'd love to connect with our community on, on LinkedIn, both myself, Francois and Henry, on, as well as Jakob Felsman as the co-founders. Um, we love having coffees and catching up with, uh, with our client base and, and getting valuable feedback. This still this early stage in the game. Uh, but the best way to sign up is through, through patron.com.au. So that's patron.com.au. There's a sign-up page there. Um, once you've signed up, you will be, somebody will be in touch from our dedicated relationship management team to give you a call and, and walk you through the process. It really is a self-service platform. That's how it's designed. Mm-hmm. Onboarding, you know, if, if you give us the right documentation, uh, it takes less than five minutes. So it's super, super easy to open up an account and, and check it out. And our dedicated relationship management team is really the top notch and um, they'll, they'll help you through the journey every step of the way we have questions. Well, Francois, we, uh, we wish you well. It's an awesome business. You've had great success uh, early on. You've got some, some great backers 
uh, with some, some VC firepower and uh, your customer growth is something to behold. So well done to you and the team, and we look forward to tracking your success over time. Francois Henrion from Patreon, thank you so much for joining us on the Unicorns today. Thank you, Justin. Really appreciate it. And just a very, very quick shout out to the entire patron team. Without you guys, this would not have been successful. Thank you, guys. Thank you.